Welcome to the Unusual Creatures Podcast, a podcast about the unusual creatures that fall in love, stay, stray, come back, and sometimes leave this insane business of artistry and show. Against all odds, our guests have persevered and told stories using their mediums of choice. Now, these are their stories and our stories. The incredible people who you might know by sight, whose names you may not recognize, whose work you've definitely experienced or will one day experience. Art is a ripple effect, and these artists' creativity makes a lasting impact. Let's hear more. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Hello, hello, friends. Hello, listeners. Hello, all of you wonderful people. My name is Thomas Dane. And I'm Jenny Gomez. And this is the Unusual Creatures Podcast. Welcome back for another week, everyone. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Tom, honey. How are you? I'm good. You, everyone out there must uh, have to work with me this week. I'm still um, uh, under the weather a bit, but I have this sexy rasp that I don't mind. Hopefully, yeah. ho- hopefully my stalker who's listening is going to be like, ooh, now I'll, now I'll call him. I think it's working in your favor. I think it's really working in your favor. Yeah. He's he's giving me flu sex voice so that you you never know where that leads. So so you don't need flu sex voice. You have a husband. How's how's the hubs this week? (laughs) He's good. We've been traveling a ton. I've been like on the road for work and we and some personal travel. And so we haven't seen much of each other, which, you know, maybe keeps it spicy. So, you know, maybe not a bad thing. As long as you remember each other, you don't walk in like, who are you? Like, yeah, why are you, are you? here? Sometimes it's just why? nice. You get to start all over, you know, like a first date all over again. That is so, nice. That is, yeah. Does he listen to the show? He does. He does. Um, I find it funny because the episodes that he gravitates towards are not like – I'm always surprised at the episodes that he really responds to. They're like not the ones that I expect. He's sort of like my audience test, in-house audience test. <laughs> do you test him to make sure he's listened to the whole thing? <laughs> like, do you request him for thing? I'll be like, and what did, you, what did you think about the part where we discussed the aliens? And he's like, oh, my favorite. There were no aliens, liar. You know uh, what I'm saying? So. Well, you've now given me something to do this week, so thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> but, so today, so today, who do we have, who do we have on, our, on our plate today? Who do we have, Jenny? Um, so we have... We have an amazing musician this week and another human being that I've plucked from my day job. <laughs> You'll remember Katie Flores in episode two. Uh, mm-hmm. This gentleman uh, works with uh, with us, with Katie and I, uh, at the same tech company, and he is a communications manager by day. Uh, but he's also an incredible musician that plays in like three billion bands, and we'll talk about that. Ooh. San Francisco-based, he's a multi-instrumentalist. Um, and so in some of our icebreaker conversations, I was super excited to to, um, to know, which I did not know about Dev, is that he also holds a master's degree in creative writing and he's dabbled in a film. So I can't wait to dig in. I know him as a musician um, and I've been lucky enough to listen to a bunch of his work on Spotify. And we're going to make sure to shameless plug the hell out of him because I advise that you yes. all go listen to his bands because he's awesome and his bands are incredible. Before we get started, <laughs> let me just say that thank you all for listening each week. Please Please click on our links. Please like us. Please comment. Please share. If you want to reach out to us, we are here. We want to hear from you. Please, if you have any questions for us, you want to email us or email a past guest that we can get in touch with for you, please un- um, reach out to the unusual creatures pod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We love you. Yes. Yes. So, Perfect call but, out. No, we do really, really, really want feedback from the audience. So please don't hesitate to reach out, Tom. And I got to say, the sexy voice is really working for you. I know, right? I mean, Hello. As long as it's come with a fever, I don't care. But anyway. Know, the stalkers are going to come running. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get to our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Dev Bot. Hello, Dev. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you both so much for uh, having me on your podcast. I'm very honored and, and, and flattered to be asked to join. This is exciting. Yes. Yes, sure after that that intro, you're not like, what did I get myself into? Who are these? No, people? no. It's, it's, it's sometimes more of a case of being like, I did do all those things, huh? Like, yeah, to, you sure did. I like to remind it. myself that's not. I'm not doing that in the mirror every day, being like, yeah, you're in those bands and you did that stuff. And more so, like, what 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 should I be doing next, or did I do enough? But um, right. yeah. Amen. No, oh, that Amen. is a conversation too. Like, I think that we have a lot of artists that we talk to. And that's a through line with every artist. It's like, wait a second, I'm an artist. Oh, I guess I'm an artist. Are you sure yeah. I'm an artist? Did I do enough? I have to do more. Right. Like that is that is a, 
It's a constant. There have been like shows that I've played where I was like, was that art? Was that, does that count? Like there's been like noise shows. There's been really disorganized punk shows. And I'm just like, this, is, <laughs> this all still counts, right? We're, we're, I'm still, I still get to say I do this thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't, isn't that all of us though, coming out of a pandemic, just as humans being like, oh, I'm actually alive. Oh, I actually, I'm doing something, anything with my life just by breathing. I'm still going, it's, oh, yeah. it's, like, a, it's like a goal every day. Oh like, yeah, just, exactly. Just baseline. Like, you know, it, it could have been okay if I didn't do anything and I'm just here again afterward. And I'm totally right. content yeah. with that too. Well, Dev, let's delve a little bit. We always like to get a little bit of the background because it's interesting to hear where artists come from and that brings them to a point in their journey to choose uh, creativity as a path. So uh, talk a little bit about growing up in San Jose, California. Oh my gosh. Growing up in San Jose, California. Well, things are pretty different now, but at least when I was like a young teenager looking for local music to go like bang my head to, San Jose was pretty, pretty like a dry landscape. We had a few venues out there. Um, but this is like in my teenage years and stuff by then I'd already like decided that I liked music and I liked seeing live music. Um, but I, my friends and I, the first chance, one of us got a driver's license. We were like driving up to San Francisco to go to all the 18 and under shows that we could get to and like, you know, and then we would all talk like almost mythically about like, oh man, one day we're going to go to 21 and over shows. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be sick. (laughs) It's going to be sick, bro. (laughs) <laughs> and and yeah but like um to 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 go back a little bit further i guess uh i got into music uh by way mostly of having the privilege of parents that are interested in fueling whatever i was interested in doing um oh, cool. it was kind of like a weird sort That's of thing so like i remember i was in the fourth grade and they had like music people, I guess, like they had music, pe- music people came to the school and they gave a bunch of different classes, kind of like a sound test. And I didn't know that that's what it was, by the way, this was told to me afterward. Um, <laughs> and like they, I guess they like, were like, okay, these students are, these students show an interest in like maybe, maybe learning some music or they maybe could have that if they wanted to. And I think I got lucky because my my mom and dad probably heard that and they were like, yeah, just put them in. Just do it. Just do it. Try something. Because <laughs> like... Do something with them. We don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. I think they had a, a sense by then that I was probably like an odd child. Not like, you know, like... We're not sure. But like, we can't another, another, yeah, another trend from this podcast. We're all a bunch of freaking weirdos. So. Yeah, so I, I know that I had like a lot of energy as a kid and everything and I'm pretty sure there, there must have been something where they were like okay uh karate didn't work out (laughs) um (laughs) but like soccer also didn't work out uh let's just go ahead put them in music see what happens and i was like before i knew it like i was kind of like had a trumpet slapped in my hand and i was like oh i guess i'm 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 doing this now and okay but the the thing that really kind of like made it click was uh I had always really liked music. I played a lot of video games when I was a kid and I paid attention to video game soundtracks pretty closely in a way that I, even when I was really young, I noticed like my friends, or at least not all of them were really noticing what I was noticing. Like we'd be playing like an adventure video game and I'm like, guys, this is like, this is good. And they're like, yeah, like just (laughs) shoot the fireball, dude. Like, like, can we continue the video game? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go like secretly bring this video game back to my place and just turn the video game on and not do anything in it. I'll just listen to the music. And in my own, the way I like think about my own life, I I tend to mistakenly be like, oh yeah, like when I got into guitar and like punk and heavy metal music, that's when I started like choosing music. But I think it, it, if I think about it a little bit more honestly, it happened a lot earlier. And um, the, the big difference though, that when I got put into music classes, the switch that turned was that this is something I could learn. Like this is, le- this is a learnable thing. This is something that people can get good at and they can like right. express themselves on. And so I was like, Oh, like I'm learning how to do this. If I can play trumpet, what else can I play? <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I should try finding other things to listen to. And 
you know, I started watching like MTV and like Headbangers Ball and stuff like that. And I'm seeing like pretty early on, I was gravitating to like punk music and loud music and like guitars and stuff like that. I mean, I also had a healthy love of the Backstreet Boys, but um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But like I was, I was listening to the, even pop music back then I was listening to the instrumentation and being like, what's that? And then like someone had to tell me like, oh, that's a bass guitar. That's what you like about that. Or that's like this kind of drum machine or drum set and stuff. But um, the idea was I started like watching music videos. I started getting into all kinds of new music. And I, I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to perform loud music. I want to perform music that's that I'm maybe not hearing on the radio that much. It was exciting. And music videos had a really big part of that, like watching musicians have fun with their instruments and like, kind of like go wild and like, just jump into a crowd, stuff like that. I I don't think that we'll ever have that sort of era again. I think it's sad that MTV is basically defunct now. Oh I mean, we, well, we, we still have YouTube too. Yeah, but it was different. Like how how the musicians, how the artists learned to use that medium. And it was like a beautiful thing to watch them grow from where they started to where we are now. Like that mm-hmm. whole journey that we got to witness as a generation of what you could do with art, just the birth of it. I and mean, you know, I feel I feel a little bit. Le- I mean, I was only just born, you know, a decade <laughs> ago. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't know. But I was fully. I was like, but you know. But yeah, you have that generation. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is. I was like, oh, these are really cool things. I, um, my mom was super awesome and she like her and my dad together, they got me a guitar. They hooked me up with lessons with, uh, one of the best guitar teachers, my personal opinion from a philosophical level in the, in the South Bay, uh, shout out to Jay Schlotterbeck. He's not with us anymore, but he was, he was an OG. Like he, he was so important to everything that I do in music today in a way that like I only realized as an adult he would sit me down and he didn't he wasn't like all right here are these chords here are these scales you're gonna learn how to play like you're gonna learn how to shred and you're gonna you know learn all your scales and all your chords and all your theory he didn't do any of that with me he was just like okay I'll teach you all the parts of the guitar I'll teach you how to like basically how to physically play it and then from then on out I'm going to ask you to just bring in the music that you want to learn. Like, and I'll teach you guitar by teaching you the songs that you like to listen to. So like, you know, I was, when I was first starting out, I like brought in like the sweater song from Weezer and like (laughs) offspring stuff or like AFI stuff. But then I was bringing in like system of a down music and everything like that. He's like, Oh, you're really jumping into the deep end, but okay. Like we can, we can, we can, do, we can do that. Let's do it. And yeah, he, that's how I learned that. And I had him for, as a teacher for a little while. And then I taught myself all the other instruments I knew based on that philosophy that he initially wow. planted. Mr. Love, J, like, we, yeah. this, this podcast mm-hmm. is also subversively a teacher appreciation podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> his teaching philosophy changed my life and he'll I never know and his family that. will never know. But yeah, it's amazing. Maybe maybe love, one day somebody from his family will listen to this. That'd be amazing. <laughs> if I could find yeah. a way to get it to them, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. So from, from the trumpet to the mosh pit, I think that's fantastic. Uh, with, I'm like, so, so, um, Tell us a little bit about schooling, because your schooling, your degrees are are very eclectic all over. So did you go to, did you leave, like high school? You're like, I'm into this and now I'm going to go to college and I'm going to write too. All at the same time, like what was the oh, it was, academic it was journey? Certainly a journey for sure. Um, <laughs> I remember when I graduated high school, I was going to, I went to community college afterwards because I, I honestly didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, um, I feel like I, I guess I have to do something. And I never really thought. <laughs> thought about how this like all these instruments that I'm like learning and like the music that I was making with like some of my best friends at the time and stuff like um I wasn't really thinking about like what do I do with this I was just like really feeling it in the moment but then there was also this like other track in my mind where like you know for whatever reason I was telling myself I was like well it can't like this can't be like the normal thing like people don't just get to do this so i need to think of i need a backup plan and maybe my backup plan should be my plan a 
<laughs> and um, I was just trying to figure out like, okay, I care about, like, I don't want to do, I'm not interested in like math. I'm not interested in things that require like a lot of sitting down for a long time and concentration, which is ironic because that's what I end up doing. Some of that stuff, which is yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. writing world. But um, sure. Um, at least initially I was going to be a graphic designer and I was, I just kind of was like, you know what? I, ironically enough, it's because of like show posters and like, you know, banners Amen. and flyers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, those are really cool. Like some of them, like the, like metal bands have really dramatic and like theatrical, like show posters and oh, stuff like sure. that. And I was just like, you know, that's graphic design. Right. And my dad I mean, I don't know if he was worried, but I definitely know that he was like kind of trying to like guide me to being like, you know, graphic design is kind of like a real job and people need it. And, you know, he's of course, he's just he just wants me to be, you know, set up and taken care of. And he wants me to like, you know, he wants to protect me just like any any parent might. But um, of course, it's funny because he's he's. He's also trying to guide me along and be like, all right, well, I just want you to know one of these is not going to be as stable as the other. And I think you might want to consider the more stable one. Um, but so I, I went to community college. I was taking graphic design classes and I totally sucked at it. I like just I was awful at it. I was like, um, turns out you have to be an artist, like an art, like, art, art, artist. a different kind. Like, <laughs> like, turns out, turns out I was the wrong artist. kind of artist for this yeah. art. And and the apotheosis of that was when I had taken a 2D, 2D design class and like all of my classmates were turning in these amazing ideas, like there's incredible stuff. And I was just like watching it and I was like laughing at myself because I was like, this is this. <laughs> and I, I, I had like our like our final exam era or whatever is like we took the entire portfolio of that class and we went to our professor and he kind of like took a look at our portfolio and and gave us some critical feedback and everything and guidance. And I remember crystal clear. I walked in there, I laid out all my stuff and it was exactly like B minus work. Like it was like, it was, I definitely tried my hardest, but that's like, that was my best. And he looked at it and he was like (laughs) quiet for a little while. Silence. Like, what and do I just say? Kind of like he, like he's like he's looking at it and he's considering it and he's like looking at me and then looking back at the artwork, and he just looks at me. And he's just like, "Are you sure this is what you want to do?" <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Well, like right before you said that, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. What, uh, that's what I thought." And he's just and he, at first I was like a bit miffed, but then he was just like, you know. It's not that I think you don't care and it's not that I think you're not talented. It's more so like this, like what, what's natural to you. Like I can feel you are bending yourself out of shape to try and do whatever this is. Mm. And he's like, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would strongly encourage you to think about like what actually feels like what you want to do. What are you actually interested in? What do you not, what you feel like you have to do. Sure. Even okay. even for like a professional career, I, I think this should be. I think this should be more of that. I think too many people totally. are just, you know, blowing Guinness, blowing smoke. I, I no one wants to kill anybody's dream or hurt anybody's feelings, but I think a little truth goes a long way. Yeah, and being yeah. like, hey, maybe you're really good in this other genre instead of this. Like this is, it's just you know, not your niche. It's okay. You don't have to yeah, be good at everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I honestly, I honestly also think that like being at a community college first, like kind of had something to do with that because a lot of the people who were there were like really like they were there they wanted to like learn something they were trying to like spend the time on some kind of craft and i think i was just really lucky to have a professor or instructor or whatever you want to call them to teacher to be like hey like i'm i'm recognizing that you're that this might not be where your heart's at and mm-hmm. just think about that just think about that and if it's you know if you want to keep going like this because I can see we both are a bit unamused with your work <laughs> and, and you know, that's okay. But like, you know, it just might mean the hills a little bit steeper. If this is where you want to go. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. At least you had took, a teacher. Yeah. A teacher yeah. Like that. I'm, my art teacher in elementary school, I remember clear as day. She finally said to me one day, she was holding up one of my, one of my final projects. And she's like, Tom, 
why does all your stuff look like you've pulled it out of the trash on the way here? <laughs> That's possibly the wrong words. kind of guidance. I was going to say gentler words. <laughs> if it was a Catholic, well, it was a Catholic elementary school. They know Oof. who they are, and so like, I was like, well, that was just rough. That's like. You could have just you oh could have gosh. you could have just said bless you child here you know like not, not mincing words seriously <laughs> so good, good for you good for you and your teacher good for them yeah, good for them. Yeah. I was trying I, to gently guide your path it sounds yeah like. and you know I I pretty much the like the next semester after that I was like well I'm a bit unbo- un unmoored right now and mm. I ended up taking like some film classes and I really really loved it um huh. I always liked watching movies my dad's a big movie buff my mom's a big movie buff and so I did I had not realized how much I enjoyed movies until I actually took a class we're like all right well let's now let's let's look Take at apart. what made this a, a movie like what mm-hmm. why this is a good movie or what's what is a good movie what's a movie that people connect with and like kind of before i knew it i took some more of those classes and then after a while i was like you know what i, I actually really like this maybe maybe and then i found out guess what there's audio in movies there's people who compose <laughs> for movies and i was like Hey, I think I got an idea. Everything goes back to sound is what it sounds like, obviously. Always. Again, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I I still had that like split in my mind where I was like, okay, I gotta have like the more stable track. And I after I even then I was realizing I was like, you know, if I have something that doesn't bore me and is still interesting to me as like a stable kind of place, um, that can fuel the other kind of weirder and wilder stuff that I want to try for fun. And that's how I ended up getting into the more of the writing world is I got into that through like taking screenwriting classes and enjoying those a whole lot. And I guess the fast forward version is, you know, I I enjoyed that so much that I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to keep doing creative writing and try going to graduate school for it and stuff and seeing what I can learn from that. Were you playing in bands and like sort of during that whole time as well? During most of this time I was playing in bands. Interestingly enough, the entire, I was at CSU Long Beach for a couple of years. I did not play any music at that time. It was, it was kind of weird. Like, um, I think I was, since I was near LA, I was, I was almost not like intimidated but i was just i knew that there were so many good musicians in that area that i kind of like psyched myself out and i was like i'm not going to be good enough for any of these bands i'm too terrified to like (laughs) (laughs) i mean now if i could go back in time i'd just be like dude just do it man just do it (laughs) like who cares go jam yeah exactly just go jam and then that was another thing that i was kind of like not seeing at the time was that most of the time if you just want to go jam with other musicians it's 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 a lot more fluid than I was believing it was. And yeah, but after that, I, I, the most active I was in bands is when I started graduate school here in San Francisco. Cause I knew towards the end of my time in long beach that I was like, okay, I, I miss playing live music. This is kind of the preferred version of music that I like. So I instantly like, I, I cleaned up my guitar. I set to Craigslist and I was like, pretty good guitarist looking for music or band <laughs> decent and, uh, yeah mad decent guitarist looking for <laughs> hopefully excellent band but um yeah and decent I, found, I love that <laughs> i love I, I met a lot of wonderful people by doing all that kind of stuff uh like one of my first bands in san francisco is this like math metal band called vulture geist and it was like like over the top like extreme kind of metal but like almost hilarious in a, in a way like it was just fun and funny yeah. and and you know if you like like i also was like the most normcore looking person in the band like no tattoos none of that kind of stuff but like the the front man is this really really sweet guy named jameson he's like the stereotypical like what you fear when you like walk into a biker bar and he is a biker <laughs> but like he's just like the nicest person like ever and and it was it was just one of those things that always reproves to myself never judge a book by its cover but like he was he was so nice he had such a great band and then you know i also like i'm i found my other band that i was in for a long time aisles through that process and you know yeah uh, lots of bands (laughs) yeah yeah and i I relate to that go ahead tom well no i I just are they all like the hardcore like this is definitely a genre of music 
like I have friends who like tour with who tour with corns for years and, and mm-hmm. I never she's always invited me to the shows. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what's happening. I was like, I was like, I felt like my grandmother, like this is music, you know, I'm like, but it's, it's what gravity, I have a, I have a much um, higher appreciation for it now. Um, what, what is it that like, cause you're listening to Backstreet Boys, you listen to everything. What draws you to that to, to be the performative part, to, to be the performative genre oh, for you? It was just like, it just looked so fun and like exhilarating and spur of the moment. And, you know, I loved boy bands when I was a kid because you could see them do all the synchronized dances and it was fun and it was like <laughs> I could sing along and it was very like, like that was great. And I still have a really deep appreciation for that too. But like seeing like just a band on stage with their instruments and just kind of like going wild, like that was, I don't know, it was like some, it was like seeing something deeper, not deeper, but you know, just it was, it was seeing something new that I connected to a little bit more strongly with um yeah like uh again music videos had such a big part to do with that and i'm sure like a lot of your listeners might be able to relate but the music video for chop suey by system of a down was oh, like or it was like earth shattering to me because they're yeah. like playing in the middle of a crowd going nuts and like and not only that these are musicians that like looked like me too like mm-hmm. I'm not oh, yeah. Armenian, but guess what? When you're mixed, you get to be ethnically ambiguous and you, you get to look like a lot of different things. And I guess the thing was it, they didn't look like what I had seen at that point, And they did look a lot similar, more similar to what I was used to seeing in my life and my family and everything. And they were so off the rails and there was no synchronized dancing. There was no like, like there was singing, but it was like also screaming and shouting and like high, high emotion, like almost uncontrolled emotion. And that was so exciting to watch. I was like, this is like it. This is so cool. And I have to do this. I have to know what that feels like. I feel like as theater folks, you ha- I think you understand Absolutely. that to a degree. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was also a punk rock and metalhead kid when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Like there was a crazy like death metal and punk scene down in Florida yeah. when I was when, where we were mm-hmm. where we grew up, Tom. Um, yeah. And I had a bunch of friends that played in ska bands and punk bands and metal bands in high school. Um, and I remember and I just loved like what I used to love is I, I, I was an angry kid, like so many of us were in those in that <laughs> those like that age. Mm-hmm. And I would go to punk shows and jump into the mosh pit or go to metal shows and just like thrash around people like in front of the stage. And it yeah, just, just felt like, like a, it was a release. Yeah, it's cathartic, you know, and it still feels like that to me to this day. Like, um, yeah, it was just, you know, it was being part of an audience at first and then just admiring the kind of just freedom that these musicians seem to have on stage and being like, I want to feel a bit of that freedom. I want to know what that feels like. And, you know, before I know it, I'm go ahead. I I love the growth of, um, of, of that genre like i mean basically you can trace it all the way back to kiss and probably <laughs> before i mean that that would be where i would know and before kiss i don't know but uh-huh. like leading all the way up to guar who have we ever seen guar's face aren't they the, they're the ones like the full body yes and Guar like about theatrics yes. the yeah. drama yeah. and theatrics that that the that, that the metal community has embraced i'm like i've always enjoyed like how that's grown i'm like oh there are you know as opposed to like the people in the mosh pit like i i can't do that but like <laughs> but like the the, the the i can't like i've watched you guys at like the woodstock stuff i'm like oh my god there's mud but i'm like <laughs> um but i as for the artistry of the art i of the artists on stage like i've come to really appreciate yeah yeah and you know i before I knew it, I was like convincing my friends to be like, hey, you guys should learn instruments too. We should make a band. We should do what yep. System of a Down did and just like make a band and go wild. And don't worry about whether we're doing a good job yet. We'll we'll figure that part out. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Um, I love that. That is like the artist. That's one of the artist's biggest problem. And it's so funny because some of the people we've had on just did it. We're just mm-hmm. like, I don't care if it's bad. Several have been like, I'm embracing the bad. It's going to fail and I'd rather the failure. As oh my gosh. So yeah. many of us have been like, I need it to be perfect. It's got to be perfect and it never gets done. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. that's why I wasn't making the, the time when I was least musically active is also the time when I was like most like scrutinizing of myself and like being like, I, I can't do anything if I can't get it 100% right. I need to be like 
perfect in this way or it's not worth trying. And I, I, I feel like that cost me, even if it was only a couple of years of being inactive, that cost me time then that cost me, you know, just the chance to learn and meet some new people and mm-hmm. learn from them and, you know, have a good time. That's kind of like, you know, kind of the core of the whole thing, right? At least. <laughs> and yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, shit, it's why the, it's the reason why Tom and I started this podcast. You know, we don't, you know, we're getting better every single episode, uh, but it's a whole new medium and it's still kind of the wild, wild west. And it's like, it's just giving us a new creative outlet to just do something. Yeah. But I think that's what, but yeah, I think that's God. Another's just through line on the unusual creatures podcast is like, just fucking do it. If you're struggling right now out there and you want to do something creative, just fucking do it. Even if it's bad. (laughs) And I honestly think it's bad. I honestly think a lot more people are willing to like, work with you and you know just be like okay so you didn't do it perfectly but like you cared enough to try you cared enough to like just get in there and if you just keep doing that like after a while you start to get like a feel for it you start to get like sea legs and like you just kind of like you know it feels better after a while and you know it's it's not it's hard because it's also like a really personal thing and you know music can feel very personal writing can feel extremely personal and you know um so it is a kind of exposure in a way but as long as you're breathing it's never too late and and preach yeah and you just there's the merch there's the merch for for, for dev (laughs) as long as you're breathing it's never too late fuck Yeah. yeah and so yeah just pick up when you gotta put down when you gotta and and yeah yeah what so after so you fell in, you know you got into the film thing and you're still making music well you're you're in long beach you're not really making that much music but then you're like oh i love i love screenwriting this mm-hmm. film thing is good i could do i think i could do this professionally you go up to san francisco and you're like oh shit i just want to be a mediocre guitarist for a while in san francisco and just play live music mm-hmm. and you're but you're studying creative writing what was the goal at that point like when after when you were getting your masters degree i think the goal was okay how can i get paid to be a writer and what does that look like? Cause it also was a really ambiguous idea. And at the time I felt like there was not a whole lot of people like really cutting it clear, a clear picture for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, how about like, what if I could just be a writer for my job? And if there's any way that that can fuel music, if there's, if, if music is something I do for fun, and writing is what I do for work. Like, you know, can can I hold those two things at the same time? And, you know, graduate school is a pretty challenging time for me because that was putting that kind of equation together and figuring out how I felt about it, whether it was possible, whether it was, you know, like, you know, trying to figure out if I'm okay with kind of like a normal job did I, did I not, did I fail by like just going for a normal job? Did I, you know, did I sell out? <laughs> I guess it's maybe the <laughs> classic word, or I guess classic choice of words, but you know, kind of coming to terms with that and, and figuring out how I felt about it versus how a lot of people might would, might describe it to me or how, you know, sure. maybe how it's perceived by others. And, um, I think I just wanted to be like, okay, like, I think I'm pretty good at doing things like copywriting and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's not always like the most creative stuff, but that doesn't mean I can't be creative while I do it. And just, you know, I also kind of came to this conclusion where I was like, if it's funding me to do like what I really, really love doing, I'm I'm okay with that actually. Um, to me, the whole like, you got it. Like if you do what you love, if you get paid to do what you love, you're never working a day. Like, I don't know if I a hundred percent believe that. I can't, because, yeah. like, I, I can't I, stand that line. I swear. I just, yeah. I, I can't, I, it, it, that's never connected with me because work has never like connected with me. Like the yes. idea of like that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I agree more. I, I was like, you know what? No, I will take this job and I will, you, I will use it to pay the bills, pay for a roof over my head, and also do the thing that I really love to do. And if I'm lucky enough to have the kind of job that doesn't take so much energy from me, from me, and I can still have that energy at the end of the day to apply that to 
what I love to do when I'm not doing office work, then I can be very content with that. I can still make the art that I want to make. And, you know, as long as I'm not like working for the devil, yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I think you know, yes. and, and also it also helps to have it, it, it. It's more than it helps. It's pretty critical for me to be able to work with people that I enjoy working with. And I, I get along with just about anybody. Um, but the thing that I need is kindness in the workplace. I just need to work with kind people mm-hmm. who are patient and open-minded and I can do almost anything with that, with that kind of a team. Much sure. it's sad because working with Jenny, by that, the way. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Jenny. <laughs> it's sad because uh, that's one of the things lacking in so many work environments. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's you know, true. I want us to retire that that that. Um, do they call it advice? Like now that we've said it, like we, we we've been retiring a few things on this podcast, and that whole you know, do something you love, you'll never work a day, and like retire it. That, I, what a place of yep. privilege that person was in. Whoever yeah. made up that line. Okay, fuck you. That's what yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, congratulations, your dad bought you this job like, clearly. And so I'm, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Also, if I if I don't want the inc- incredible stress and heart disease later on in life, and just to say like I worked so hard, what? How great? And yeah, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, no, it's, it's, it's not Amer- true. I also American find too thing. that yeah, it is an American thing. I totally agree <laughs> with that, Tom. I also find that like sometimes if you do do the thing that you love as like as the work work. It, sometimes it makes you hate it, like the thing that yeah, you have yeah. I, as well. And, you know, I, I think sometimes I'd, I'd be I'd be really worried about that happening too. Like I, and, and I know that like when I'm contracted to do work that's more in the creative realm, like I've done some composing. I worked with Katie Flores with like you know working with episode her two Dan. shout out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, great listen by the way. Um, <laughs> she's awesome, and so. You know, when I'm the moment that I'm contracted to do something or like, you know, the moment that I'm that I'm working with somebody else, I treat it like work. Like I'm like I'm, you know, I'm coming correct. I want to do the best job I can do. I want to show like the best I've got. And I know that like I put a lot into those kinds of projects. And I know that if that was my full time job, I would burn out so fast. I would, I would, I would really go for it and I would just like flame out pretty quickly. And in that sense, I'm like, yeah, I kind of have a vision of the other side of the mirror on that where I'm like, there is probably an alternative reality where I am doing this full time and like really busting my hump and not even maybe because I have to, but because like, if I'm really like zeroing in on it, like. I'll, I'll do it for hours. And right. it's kind of something that I was like, oh, well, maybe it's actually kind of nice to be able to pick and choose how much I engage with the art that I love. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I love that perspective. A hundred percent. And it is similar to our colleagues, Katie's as well. I love what she said too. And she's like, I like having a job that gives me the stability to mm-hmm. like not have to yeah. worry necessarily about like, can I pay my rent? And like, do I have health insurance? Yeah. Like if you yeah. take that a little bit out of the equation and like, it just, it, it does like, just, it takes the pressure off. Of the enjoyment of the of of sort of uh, playing and discovering and being part of the mm-hmm. art that that you choose to to partake in. Yeah. Um, I think and if we could all make a million dollars and be famous just doing the thing that we love in a way oh. that was sort of not as stressful. <laughs> great, yes, that is absolutely. I think it is everybody's end goal, but in the in the absence of not every artist having that privilege, um, mm-hmm. we're always playing. We're always playing a game, right? Trying to find that balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ingrained, I think, in all of us as artists um, to believe that a you must suffer, and like you must, yes. and, and mm-hmm. that that if you if you um, b that if you choose anything over the 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 um, the race to, towards your art, then you lose. So you know, like healthcare, you shouldn't want healthcare. You should <laughs> want to get. You should not. You want that next gig. Teeth, fuck your teeth. You can put in chiclets. <laughs> Like whatever it takes, like you need, you need to get to that audition. You get as opposed to being like, no, I'm not gonna. Like I remember you, the people you've met, um, like in stories of over groups of actors, and one was like, I just I couldn't do this audition. I had to take the day. I couldn't do it, and people were like, I can't believe you. But, but I, they needed a mental health oh day. I was like, I, I can't. I don't care. They were like, it's it's just we 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 have to we have to find a balance of our own our health and sanity and our art. Yeah, and I think that that finding jobs that 
can fund that are a very healthy way as opposed to looking at people like, oh, you gave up and sold out. No, I just chose myself first. Yeah, isn't it? it, it you know? It's also kind of bizarre to me that like maybe some people miss the fact that you can there is an office drone burnout version of being an artist. And, yes. you know, that oh, can merch, be just merch. as dangerous, just as dangerous and relentless if you're not careful of, of your own health to the extent that you can be. And, you know, right. Even now, I realize that I, I speak from a place of extreme privilege when I say that because there are I, I have plenty of friends who are working off of the art they make. And, you know, you know, things like Patreon and stuff like that have made it a little bit easier for some for some artists to be able to do that kind of thing. But, you know, even when I was just a little bit younger, that wasn't the case. And there are people out there who are like, yeah, I need to um, I need to get my art out there so I can keep making a living. And I don't know. It's 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 a challenging kind of intersection of thought, which I started negotiating in my mind pretty much the moment I realized that I'm an adult in America and um, <laughs> yeah. and and I'm I'm probably going to be thinking about that for the rest of my days. But, you know, yeah. as, if I can make the art that I want to make, I'm I'm content, I think. Yeah. Preach. Love that, Dev. Um <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I you, so you so you clearly you've you've you're at a point it sounds like to me where you have you've figured a lot of the things out um after <laughs> oh, grad man, school I is wish. it like you're like yeah well <laughs> as much as any human being can yeah. i think at this point but uh uh after you got out of grad school you're like did you just get some agency jobs and start writing and then continue to play music like was what was yeah. the music like uh tell us a little bit about that like this last stretch of the music journey as you're yeah. and like up until now playing in I think you're in three bands right now. Is that correct? I'm in two bands currently. I was two in bands, bands currently. But yeah, what? Okay. Um, two so bands. we we can get to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Tell I, me the I drama. Was, <laughs> not so much drama, just life. But like, um, it's it started with me being like, okay, can I get like some part time copywriting work? Which I did. Mm -hmm. I was able to get some part time copywriting work uh, in San Francisco, amazingly, um, and. Somehow, by like some crazy grace, I never ended up being a contract copywriter. I was able to get a part-time copywriting gig at a company. It was at the time it was writing uh, descriptions for like events and like like they had like listings, kind of like how like you know like um, a Ticketmaster or something like that, but it was like a much smaller kind of company. And uh, they had like events listed on there, like with their partner websites and all that kind of stuff. And I was writing the description of those events. And sometimes they're music events. Sometimes they're festival events or like really weird kind of stuff. And uh, that's kind of like where I started. And, you know, um, I made a few friends in that job. It wasn't it was a very thankless job and um, kind of a grind. And part of it was like basically data entry. But um, you know, I made some some friends at that job and I was applying to other jobs the entire time too and just hitting dead ends all over the place, all over the place. It was it was it was challenging. And I was using music at the time as kind of a way of just making all of this okay for myself and being like, sure. you know what, you know, graduate school is stressful. Um this kind of like realizing that this might just be how it looks like to work as an adult is stressful and depressing mm -mm. and um, mm -mm. just kind of coming to grips with that. And um, when I had first moved to, to San Francisco, I had met this really lovely guy on Craigslist who wanted to make music with me and stuff like that. And um, I hung out with him. We jammed a bit. And this was earlier on when I was in graduate school and uh, things were starting to get kind of busy for me uh, school wise. And he and I, we connected on like a personal level, like he and I kind of became friends, but we didn't connect at the time on a musical level. And so I remember being like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm, I'm good to hang out and stuff like that. But I think in terms of like making music, maybe like like we can just be, we can just be friends. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was like, all right, whatever. And so like years later we were friends still, but, um, he eventually had gone on to like self-produce his own music and he wanted to get musicians who were willing to help him perform his own music live. And it was going to be like a one-off kind of thing. And he knew that I could play drums and he asked if I would be willing to play drums for that show. 
And I said, sure. He's like, I'll provide the drum kit. I've got the practice space. All you got to do is hop on Bart over to Oakland at, to meet us and learn our songs. And I was like, yeah, no problem. That's easy. And so we did that. And uh, it was a hilarious show, by the way. Like we, <laughs> it was a one-off show. It was, the idea was it was going to be a one-off show. And then like our set time got bumped to like midnight and there were people at the show. It was, it was like, you know, it was like a, a, a rock bar, but like, um, we were all hammered by the time our son oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like all by the time it was time for us to play we were all just like sloshed um and we recorded it too and we listened back to it we we're like oh well like, oh dear <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time and i remember like offhandedly outside of the venue i was like you know man this is actually pretty fun it wouldn't be the worst thing if this wasn't like a one off thing it wouldn't be sure. the worst thing you know if we did this once more or twice more or kept doing this. And um, so this is like a lot, a lot of the, these music projects kind of collided together at the same time, but um, he took that to heart and then he was like, all right, so I'm going to do this full time. Can you be my full time drummer? Unfortunately, right at that time I was like, I want to be a full time guitarist. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so, Plot yeah. Twist. Um, I was like, you know, love you, boo, but I, I think I want to be a guitarist, so I don't, I don't think I'm the right pick for for you on drums. And he's like, that sucks, bummer. All right, good luck. And uh, then I go on to this math metal band, <laughs> Vulturegeist, and I hang out with them for a while, and they're really cool. And the same guy, he he comes back, and he's just like, hey, man, so uh, we got a drummer, but our other guitarist is gone, so there is a spot open for you if you want to do that full-time guitar thing in my band. And, uh, you know, this is, this is, I'm sure musicians listening who have been in bands, this is, you know, familiar kind of stuff, like the bassist in Vulturegeist had a kid. Um, the, the main dude, uh, he and his wife were preparing to move to Portland, and so Vulturegeist dissolved. And I was like, all right, uh, I'm in I'm in your thing now. And that's what ended up being Isles. Um, mm. And I we'll share the that. links to this. Yeah, yeah, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll shout it all. Oh, out. yeah, you shared um, you shared all the links. We will make sure they all get <laughs> on all of the things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went to that kind of it was, it was like kind of like an audition, but like because uh, the guy's name is Ivan, but he he and I are we knew each other and we're friends. And we're familiar. So it was like an audition, but also kind of just to be like, yeah, we're, we're sure dev doesn't suck. Right. And once they, can, <laughs> like, once they right. confirmed that and, you know, we hung out, I got to know the guy who ended up being their drummer, a really nice dude named Evan. Um, their bassist names, Daniel. He's plays bass in my current band grimoires with me. He and I are great friends now. And like, you know, Ivan and I are friends too. Um, but the, we, we, we did aisles for about eight years, like oh, wow. uh, playing shows around, the Bay Area. We did some stuff up in the Pacific Northwest and oh, cool. just hitting the bar circuit here and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, as I think as a lot of artists might also relate to, is it can it can take a lot. And you know, mm -hmm. after a while, some of some of the members were just like, you know, we're not feeling it anymore. We're getting kind of tired. We're getting a little burned out because you're not seeing any movement and you know, all four of us had a very different idea of like what we wanted from the band. Um, sure. But we also, the, our differences are also what led to some of our best work. Uh, cause, cause we all come from such a different philosophy. And, um, but anyway, that, uh, that band ended up being the band that dissolved over the pandemic and the band uh. that I'm currently a part of, uh, grimoires is the band that actually kind of came up during the pandemic. Actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And there was um, some cross pollination between the two bands. Yes, like, very yeah, much yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And while all of this is going on, I'm figuring out work. I'm making friends at work. I have, I have a friend who she was so kind to me, and she eventually had gone on to a marketing agency, and she told them about me. They're like, "Hey, this is guy Dev. He's really nice, and he's a good writer and copywriter and everything like that. Why don't you check him out?" And so I bounced to that. And this is where the story gets interesting because that same friend got me to my next agency. They, it was like, we were playing a game of hopscotch for a while. And, you know, so I did time with marketing and PR agencies. And that's where I started to really get kind of more of the professional writing chops and yeah. realize like, Hey, this is, this is a thing I can do. And it's not totally mindless and soulless. 
And, and I, I, and I can attest, Dev is a fantastic corporate writer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I was like, he okay. makes it not seem dry and boring at all. So. <laughs> That's the goal. Life. That's yeah, the goal. yeah, exactly. That is the goal, right? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I love you. Um, it's funny because last week's episode, um, well, when this airs, um, Audrey will be is was last week. Audrey, um, Martel's, um. She she during the pandemic put a band together as a rock band together as well. Yeah, they just yeah. during the middle of a pandemic, like you know what? Let's make music. I love how people were, were, had to stay productive in yeah. order to stay sane. Yeah, like it was. It really came out of just like a restlessness, and sure. you know, I still wanted to make music, but I also I didn't want to kind of put that personal pressure on my bandmates and my other project, and you know everyone's going to handle the pandemic differently. It's going to affect everybody differently. So I'm always trying to be cognizant, like, you know what, maybe you don't feel like making any music. That's totally fine. Like, you know what, that you take care of yourself. That's totally fine. I still want to make music. So I'm going to find folks that I can make music with. And it doesn't take away from anything that I might have with other collaborators and stuff like that. I just want to express myself still. Yeah, no, I get that. And that was, I mean, how very kind of you to be thoughtful of other people. Tom and I just drank through the pandemic. So we we did not make (laughs) it. I did a bit of that too. Yeah, yeah. We were were on the side of, we are not being creative right now. So I totally understand both sides. I I drank and watched soap operas. I still Mm -hmm. watch my soap operas. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, I, I, it's so funny because one of our questions, we, I don't even know if it pertains to you. But uh, like you have, ne- it seems like you have been given the gift of. I don't know if you put it as a gift, but um, to never really stray from art. Like you know, because we always ask, like you know, did you ever leave it behind and come back? Like what keeps drawing you back? But you seem to have had a through line with it from from the get go. I think yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing it that way only like later on in my late. I say later on in my early thirties, like where I'm like okay. I felt really strongly about how that's like how I defined all those things in my twenties. And I feel like so much of that time was spent kind of like relaxing a bit on myself and just being like, dude, chill. Um, And I used to think like, Oh, like if I'm not only doing music, I'm not doing art. But you know, one of my best friends, she was like, you know, you, you basically have to think about it as you're you're writing for a living and you know once that kind of changed um you know that changed a lot of things for how i said and and you know she's my best friend she's my partner and she like she was essentially saying like you get to do this you get to do like you get to write for a living like that's that's isn't that what so many people who went to graduate school for writing want at the end of the day and i was like you're right you're right um and so it's something that i kind of only i guess really realized later on where i was like you're right i am doing writing for a living and music when i'm not doing writing for a living and that's super lucky and so yeah i'm really grateful for that honestly you are a smart capable man do you look back and think Lord, I should have chosen something else back in uh, at the in that community college. Like you, you chose art, and it's worked out. Have you thought like you could be richer, you could be further along, you could be somewhere else? Do you have any regrets with choosing art? Oh, not even like for a second. I think if I had any regret, I regret the only regret I would be like, just I should have been. I wish I had shared it sooner. Like I wish I had been a little bit more brave to put myself out there earlier on, like those years in Long Beach when I went pretty dormant and stuff like that. I was like, I should have just like gone out there and like failed a little bit and like, or not. And I, I, I won't know what that could have been like. Cause I didn't go try. And, you know, I don't, I don't sit in my you know closet thinking, what if I was active in two years of my life while I was in Long Beach? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's more so like, you know, even before that, I was I was pretty shy about sharing it, um, even though I really liked it a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, the only regret I have is just being like, dude, just share it anyway. Just do it anyway. Like we were saying earlier. But as far as like regrets choosing this kind of stuff, not for a second. Like, you know, I I. I knew that I was going to be a musician and play music 
no matter what happened. I was going to figure that out. If I was going to be in a big famous band or if I was going to just be a guy in a suit who did like punk rock at night, like one way or another, thankfully I've never had to wear a suit, but one way or another for work. <laughs> um, yeah, but, 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 um, you know, I knew one way or another I was going to do this. Um, and I also never cared whether it was successful or not. Like, I don't care if I'm playing to a huge, huge crowd or like a bar of 10 people. Like, I can work with a bar of 10 people. I can Hell work yeah. with that. Deb, I have a question that I, sh- I feel like I should have asked you sooner. Sure. I, can you list out what instruments you play? The instruments I play. So I play guitar. I play drums, I play bass, I play keyboard and synthesizer for like sound design kind of stuff. Um, I played trumpet when I was younger. I played baritone, um, which is like a big trumpet. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. A laundry list. I think if I had a bigger lung capacity, I would have spent more time with tubas as well. Tubas, (laughs) yes. I'm I'm just learning how to whistle. So yeah. <laughs> I'm that it's, yeah, it's starting oh, slow. I'm starting slow. Yeah, <laughs> I also had a banjo for a little while too. I also just like the idea of like finding new instruments and picking them up for fun. Yeah, tell us everything you're working on and how people so, can find you. Yeah, so I mean, the big way that people can find me, like you said, is Instagram at Shipwreck Detective, all one word. I think, yeah, all one word, and um, that's where like I like post a lot of kind of like what I do as an independent musician. I like to like make a lot of ambient music, a lot of meditative music to calm and relax and stuff like that. I mostly do it for me, but I'm really glad that other people, (laughs) other people like it and, you know, connect with it. Um, I also just love exploring different kinds of electronic gear and seeing how I can express myself on that gear. Um, That's kind of like the thing that I do on my own. Um, My current band grimoires, uh, we have one EP out that we made uh, uh, during the pandemic. We're working on a second one um, that can be found at on on Spotify one uh, on Bandcamp as well. Grimoiresband.bandcamp.com, um, and that's an awesome fun band. It's gonna if for the musician listeners out there, if they want to taste, it's kind of like shoegaze post punk uh, meets like you know uh, post hardcore stuff like that, Sweet. and. Um, Aside from that, one of the other projects that I'm really excited about is um, something that uh, a former uh, classmate or colleague or whatever you call it uh, from graduate school and uh, his partner, his name is Matt Carney, and uh, he and his partner, Lauren, they started this really cool reading series here in the Bay Area called Club Chicxulub. Uh It's named after, I believe, the asteroid meteorite? I don't know. Um, the thing that killed the dinosaurs, uh, it's named after that crater. And so, um, the fee it's, it's a reading series, um, performance reading performance series, uh, that focuses on like science fiction, short stories, slipstream, kind of like weird fiction stuff. And what they do is they have readers, uh, or not just readers, writers from around the Bay area, submit their short stories and, um, they pick, uh, six. And what they did was they approached me and they said, Hey, we've been, we've been following you on Instagram. We see what you do. Would you be interested in live scoring these readings? And I was like, so rad. I was like, that's Dude, awesome. Hell yeah. That's like, that's like the, my kind of weird. That's exactly <laughs> like the kind of shit that like gets my hairs on my arms up where I'm just like, yep, that was weird. And I like it. And so, um, so I, uh, I was super into that. We've already done two of those. Um, the third one I believe is going to be in July here in San Francisco and, um, they've been a blast. And I think, I think I've given you the links, but it's, it's, it's club Chicxulub, yes. which is kind of a weird spelling. C H I C X U L. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. I got this. Come on, guys. I'm part of this project. I can get this. <laughs> and and yeah. Very so, easy to SEO. Very hard to spell. I'm, so, I'm just glad. I'm just stoked that people want to talk to me about this kind of stuff. I'm just like, oh, little old me <laughs> over here. <laughs> just doing that. What's so funny? It's so funny because just looking at you and this when listening to you, it brings me back to when I when I did judge the whole mu- that whole music scene. I was like, because you don't seem like the type that I would expect on stage with corn. 
you know, and I'm like, hmm, you, I'm expecting like, you know, some sort of lunatic with, you know, painted face and colored eyes, something oh very Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. But like, I mean, you know, there was a time he, in my life, but, but yeah, but even I, that's, I, but even that's a beautiful thing too, though. To be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Why, of course, why not? I think you know, I love that kind of stuff. I also love that you know, it can communities like that have so much potential to be completely disarming in terms of like yeah. what you expect versus what you get, and yeah. There was a time I had blue hair. I had, I had, I had makeup on and stuff like that. Black fingernails and everything. I still, I still have an urge to paint my fingernails black every once in a while. But yeah, do <laughs> follow it. that gut instinct. I think I <laughs> do it. <laughs> but thanks again, so, really, really, Dev. This was such a treat. I love. We don't have enough musicians on the pod, and we're going to work on that. So it was, it was a. We had two in a row, but uh, <laughs> but it was, it was. It's always yeah, a blessing there. to talk to sound artists. Uh, oh, y'all are, y'all you. are some of our favorites, obviously. Um, Tom, you. do you want to take us home? Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you, Dev, again for joining us. Everyone, go follow Dev's work and uh, support his stuff and clink, clink, and click and like, um, and click and like us and follow us. Uh, we appreciate you so much, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Have a good week, Jenny. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Unusual Creatures. We love telling the stories of these creatives, and we hope you love listening to them. You know the drill. Subscribe where you love listening to pods. Send links to your friends and tell everyone you know about this show. And I mean everyone. Counting the minutes until we meet again. And please, please, I implore you, keep being unusual creatures. 